the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Peter Creek, we honor God by making more disciples for Jesus Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged with this week's message from Pastor Kelly Baldridge. Let us turn in our Bibles to Galatians, to Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3. Uh, So far in Galatians, Paul has made a case that we not only enter into the Christian life by faith, but we also continue in the Christian life by faith. We grow by faith. And it is this faith that Paul concentrates on once again. And so here in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 through 14, Paul begins to plead his case by going to the Scriptures Throughout this section, you'll find verse after verse after verse. It's either a quotation or an allusion to the Old Testament. And so it's important to remember that because he's taking us back to the beginning, the beginning of the people of God uh, here in Galatians 3. So let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the reading of his word. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray, O God, that you would Encourage us now as we seek to hear from you and to understand your word together. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and amen. Hear the word of the Lord, Galatians 3, verses 6 through 9. Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. This is the word of our Lord. In Galatians 3, we understand that there was an opponent of the gospel that had arisen within it. They were called the Judaizers. They were those who sought uh, to say and teach that you can have faith in Christ, that's good, but it's not good enough. Rather, you also need to live like Jews. That's what they thought. That not only did you need to have faith in Christ, but you also needed to live as if you were a Jew yourself. Now, they were saying this among Gentiles. Paul had preached the gospel to the church at Galatia, and they had understood the gospel and received the gospel as that that is about Jesus Christ, that he died and he was raised, that he died and he is a respecter of no persons, and that faith in Christ alone would be salvific. And so as he's talking to the Galatians, Paul being carried along by the Holy Spirit, understands that those Judaizers would have thought about their heritage, would have thought about their life and where they come from. And so what does Paul do? He brings out the rook. He brings out the ultimate trump card and he lays it down and he shows that he's won the hand. Because here is the ultimate trump card for them, Abraham. 
Abraham, yes, the one that we teach our kids about, Father Abraham had many sons, and I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? That's the song we sing. That's the song that we understand. But, but what does it mean to be of Abraham? What does it mean to be one of his children? But I want you to see that in Galatians 3, it's as if Abraham himself could have written Galatians for us. That's what Paul wants us to see and to grasp, to know and to understand. Now, there are four details in verses 6 through 9 concerning Abraham that helps us to see who Abraham's true children are. And you'll find that in each verse, there's a certain theme, and the theme is faith. It's been the theme all along in Galatians, and it has not changed. The first detail comes to us in verse 6, as Genesis 15, 6 is quoted. Notice he says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now we've read that twice now, three times actually, because we read it once in Genesis 15. Abraham's righteousness was credited to him by faith, by faith. What is the great need of all humanity and Abraham included? It's to be right before God. It's to stand righteous before him. The only way to stand before God is to stand with righteousness. Yet we know the great dilemma. Paul says it in Romans, quoting the Old Testament again. In Romans 3, he says, None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. The language there is strong, isn't it? But it's not just Paul saying that. That is also quoted from the Psalms. The whole Bible teaches us that no one is righteous, that there is no righteousness that we have on our own, that, that we're not just good little boys and good little girls, and it, as we do good things, that we are considered righteous or holy. But rather, rather, we need a righteousness that is outside of us. And that's what we've been talking about all along. It wasn't something that, Abraham wanted or earned. In Genesis 15, 6, Abraham was still Abram. I don't know if you caught that or not. He had not become Abraham. He had not become that one that was the leader of this great nation yet. His dad had worshipped another god. He was part of a different religion. And he was an idol worshiper himself. There was nothing about Abram at that time that made God choose him. There was nothing about Abram that would have made said, oh, isn't he something? Isn't he special? Isn't he just wonderful? No, no. Nothing would have been said of Abram at that time because of that. It was grace. It was grace. The term counted here in verse 6. It was counted to him as righteousness. It meant that money was being received and counted as payment toward some end. In other words, God was counting Abraham's faith as if he were living in a righteous way. So Abraham was living unrighteously. Abraham himself had no righteousness of his own. But when God saw Abram because of his faith, it was as if he was living righteously. And that's how God looks at us, isn't it? That's what God does for us. It was not a righteousness that he had already. 
no one looked at Abraham and would say, as I've mentioned, there goes a righteous man. We're not justified because we've done all the right things. We're not made right with God because we check off all the boxes. We are justified, made right with God, because God is gracious and has given to us a righteousness that is not our own. Abraham couldn't muster it up in himself. He needed it, and God gave it to him. So that's the first detail of Abraham. He received righteousness as a gift. The second detail concerning Abraham is this in verse 7. It's in regards to his children. Who are Abraham's children? Is Abraham the father of all of those who are Jewish and of Jewish descent? Are those his children? Are those the children that matter in here in Galatians chapter 3? Are those the children that we focus on? Are they those who can order a kit from 23andMe and get back all of the, the facts and the data and see, oh, that's where my lineage is? No. The true children of Abraham are not those of physical descent, but the true children of Abraham are those who believe. Those who believe. The Judaizers wanted you to act like the physical descendants. The Judaizers wanted you to look and to act and to do as they did. They actually are saying your identity doesn't matter. Who you are, your background doesn't matter. You've got to become like us. You've got to practice circumcision like us. You want to be a Jew, that's what you got to do. Well, that's not what the gospel teaches. That's not what God teaches us. That's not what Abraham himself would have understood. So you had to follow Jewish traditions, eat, talk, live like Jews. But we understand it doesn't work like that. Paul is saying to the Judaizers, the DNA of God's people is not written in what they do, but it is written in what God has done. It is written in faith and not in physical descent. The physical descent, where you come from, your family tree doesn't matter is what we're learning. But rather what matters is your spiritual descent. He is speaking of the spiritual children of Abraham. There may be those who have this nation of Israel. There may be those who, who understand where they come from physically, but yet they are not the true children of Abraham and therefore they're not the true children of of God. So what is the belief that Abraham had and by necessity his children have? First, it is believing God. It's believing God. Notice what Abraham says or what it says about Abraham in verse six. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. The true children of Abraham are those who believe God. Now, I need to make this clear because it's not a matter of just believing in God. It's not a matter of just believing in a God. It's not, it's not a matter of just thinking, well, you know what, does, does God exist? Well, I, I think he does. Yeah, I believe in a God. I believe in a higher power. No, it says that Abraham believed God. 
In other words, he believed God himself. He heard God speak to him. God spoke to him and told him what he did, what to do, and what did Abraham do? He followed God because he trusted God. Paul is pointing us to the greatest good. It's not faith itself, but it's the one that we have faith in. It is God. Abraham believed God. It doesn't say Abraham believed in God. It says Abraham believed God. And then in verse eight, we can see that it's not just about matter of believing God, but it's also understanding what God has done. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. What is it that, that Abraham did? He had faith in God. The scripture teaches us that it is God who would justify the Gentiles. So what do Abraham's children look like? Those who believe God, those who have faith in God. It's faith. It's faith. Now, I once heard from a coach. Uh, he was a good coach, good basketball coach. And he taught us once. He said that faith can be described in this way. Forsaking all, I trust him. That's what happened with Abraham. He was called not to perform, but to trust God would provide. Think about Abraham. Think about his calling. Think about where the Lord led him. He was called to trust God in ways that perhaps you and I may not be called to trust God. But it wasn't a matter of, of his effort. It wasn't a matter of his performance. But Abraham believed and had faith that God would provide. Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Now, do you remember much about Abram and his wife? His wife was barren, meaning she couldn't have children. She wasn't able to have children. How is he going to father many nations if he and his wife cannot conceive? Well, Abram believed in the promise, not in his own work or effort, not in his own performance, but he believed in the promises of God. That's what faith is. Faith is believing and trusting in God's provision and not trusting in yourself, forsaking all, I trust him. Rather than trusting in myself, I'll trust God. Rather than trusting in my own effort, I will trust God. Rather than trusting in what I can do or what I can gain in this life, I will trust him. And so believer, if you have true faith in Christ, and you have truly forsaken all. You understand this. You understand that it's not about your effort or your doing, but rather it is about him and what he has promised. A third detail to consider is Abraham's gospel. What is the gospel that was proclaimed to Abraham? In verse 8, it says, And the scripture, and Paul uses this language here in verse 8, very interesting he makes the scripture personify God. And so the scripture foreseeing God that is speaking to Abraham beforehand, he tells him the gospel. What is the gospel? That God would justify the Gentiles by faith. 
the gospel before him. He preached to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. That's the gospel, that God will make right the ungodly, that God will justify sinners like you and I. And that's what God tells to Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to make people right with me, and I'm going to do it through faith. I'm going to give them righteousness that is not theirs. And so the gospel preached to Abraham is a justification by faith to all the nations. Paul describes the Bible here in a way that personifies God, as we mentioned, and so as if Abraham is hearing the word of God written in his heart before it was written on stone or tablet or with quill. The whole Bible is the unfolding of this message that God justifies by faith. That's the message of the gospel. That's what continues throughout history. So don't miss, don't miss this. Because we need to go over this again and again because we're too quick to forget. Who is it that justifies? Who is it that makes one right with God? Notice what the scriptures teach. God would justify the Gentiles by faith. It's God. It's God who makes us right with himself. We can't stand before him on our own. We can't stand before him with all that we've done in the church. We can't stand before him with all that we've done in our parking lot. We can't stand before him with all that we've done at Helping Hands. We can't stand before him with all that we've done to say, look at what I've done. None of that will stand before God. And it's only God who makes us right with himself. It is God who justifies us by faith. And it's faith in him that does it. It's faith in him that does it. Then finally in verse 9, we see Abraham's blessing. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Abraham's blessing comes to those who believe. Those who believe. Now, why is that important? Well, if you know much about Israel, Israel was a nation that had faith in a land. They had faith in an inheritance. They had faith that they would have possessions. They had faith that the nations would bow to them rather than seeing themselves as a blessing to the nations. But what inheritance? What inheritance is a good inheritance if it isn't a blessing? Remember Esau forfeited the blessing. You remember that story? Jacob and Esau. Esau gave up his birthright, his his blessing. And so Paul is telling the Judaizers and those who have stumbled due to their teaching that blessing comes in a way that they didn't expect it to come. Perhaps they expected it and they were waiting on their fathers to die. Oh man, that old man, he just keeps on living. He just keeps going. Just when I think he's gonna kick the bucket and maybe I'll get that bit of land I've been eyeing for a long time, he still remains. But that's not how we receive an inheritance in the family of God. Notice it's by faith. 
those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. If you were to pull up a chair, let's just bear with me for a moment and go back to the time of Abram, or even to, let's say, the time of Abraham. And you were to look at old man Abraham, and you were to say to him, you are blessed. You're blessed. Look at all the land you have. Look at all of your livestock. Look at all of your possessions. Look at all of your money. Look at all of those children and all of those that are to come. Look at this nation that traces their roots to you. Well, Abraham, you sure are blessed. And in our worldly standards, we would say that Abraham was very blessed. But what would Abraham do? He would say to you, you are mistaken. You are mistaken. My blessing is not in any of those things. I am blessed because God has come to me. God has saved me. God has given me the gift of faith. God has given me righteousness. See, Abraham understood that he could have the whole world. He could gain the whole world. But if he forfeited his soul, what would he have? He understood what Jesus would say later. He understood about the one who had come that actually enables Abraham to have righteousness that's not of his own. Because at the end of the day, friend, what is this righteousness that was given to Abraham? It was the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Abraham had faith in the one to come. Abraham had faith in the one that would come and fulfill the promise of Abraham, that is Jesus Christ. Abraham may not have been able to see forward and look at the cross like we can look back on it, but Abraham believed in the promises of God. He had faith and he received blessing due to him, not because of his efforts, but because of the faith that had been gifted to him by God. And so he believed in the promise of God by grace. By grace. God has justified the ungodly, including Abraham himself, and God has done so in the person of Jesus Christ. And so if you want to be counted amongst a child of Abraham, if you want to be able to sing Father Abraham, and you want to be called a son of Abraham, it is not by circumcision or following the law. It is by grace through faith in Christ alone. So are you a child of Abraham? If you have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you are. But if you have not believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not. And the blessing of Abraham is not for you. But if you were to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you are blessed and you are part of the family. Now there's an illustration that has been given regarding this. It's as if you and I go to a wedding and you see someone come in and in the wedding, there's usually the groom's family, the bride's family. And then sometimes in a wedding, if the church is, if the facility is probably a little bit larger than ours, there's an area for the guest, right? Those are not part of the families, but they're guests. 
But then I tell you that if I see certain people in my life, I'm going to look at them, and what am I going to say to them? You don't sit over there. What are you? You're family. Not because of blood, but because you're family. You mean something to us. Do you understand that what God has done is that by faith he sees us, and we understand that we're saved by faith. He looks at us, and he says, don't sit with the others, your family. Come here. Sit here with the family of God. Not because of anything that we've done, not because of our own righteousness, not because of our own effort, not because we look like everyone else, but because of faith, because what God has done to save us and to make us his own. See, that's what this is about. Those who are the true children of Abraham, those who have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, that's what we need to hear. We need to hear you, our Father, say, come and sit here. And we see that it's not because of anything other than grace by faith. And it is faith in you, our great God, who justifies, who makes right sinners. Sinners, not those who are good, but those who are not righteous, those who are bad, those who who live a life that's like hell at times. You saved us. You saved us. So we're thankful, Father, that your spirit has come to us and given us that saving faith that we would be able to cast aside all of the riches of this world or whatever this world could afford, that we could cast aside all of those things or even our lack of things and understand that whether we have much or we have little, we are blessed, not because of the long list or the short list of what we have in this world, but because of the faith that we've been given and the righteousness of Jesus Christ that has been counted to us put into our account we did not earn or deserve but you have given it to us you have saved us you have changed us and you are changing us and we are thankful that you enable us to continue in this faith so we pray this in Jesus name thank you for listening to this week's message If God has used this message to influence you or you would like more information about our church, connect with us on the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Facebook page. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages from Pastor Kelly Baldridge.